it happens every now and again, and here we are once again. Uh, we start on a new schedule. We start a whole new type of thing, and, well, wouldn't you know it, one of us just happens to go AWOL. This is Elwood City Limits. It's the Episodic Arthur Podcast, and my name is Will Young, but uh, Lucas Mancini, not here with us this week. So I, I went through the Rolodex. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if kids know what Rolodexes are. I went through the address book for people who haven't been on the show in a little bit, and I figured now's a good time to check in with another show, another host of a show that we uh, had on right as it was beginning, and a good time to catch up with our friends over at the Samurai Pizza Cast. So once again, here is friend of the show, Andrew Power. Hey, Andrew. I'm back. <laughs> you were high on the list. I'll I'll have you know. Uh, oh, thank you. Of of guests that I wanted to have return. So yeah, the Samurai Pizza Cast. Now, last time that you were on, I think it was I want to say maybe around September or October last year. I might be completely wrong with that, but you were just starting the show, and yeah, we basically just started up when you guys uh, had me on. So it's it's been about what I'd say six six months uh, since you started something like that. Uh, probably around five or so I think All since right. we started actually recording them. And how's it been so far? So again, this is a podcast that's dedicated uh, to the cl- the classic '90s anime Samurai Pizza Cats. Yeah, it's been going really good. I think we've sort of figured out what our groove is. I think after a couple episodes, we sort of. Got a handle on what what exactly the show was and what we were trying to do with it, which eventually turned out to be trying to pick apart and figure out if it is actually the most important show that happened in the 90s. (laughs) That might be some sort of Stockholm Syndrome, but that's where I'm at now. (laughs) Sometimes I, I, I get that way. I get that way with Arthur and I'm just like, is this the most important cultural milestone? That nobody talks about. And it's just like, well, I have been covering this for four years, so maybe I just want to believe that. So, yeah. But I really but, I really hope so with Samurai Pizza Cats. I I love following you guys on Twitter because I love all the screen grabs you get. These, some of these are better than the ones that I get, and they're just by how off the wall they are. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in there. <laughs> I think it. Uh, I think it'll be our uh, episode next week. We're actually doing a bonus episode where we watch an episode of Animaniacs. Because oh. uh, I've started trying to do like bonus episodes that look at some shows in the sort of periphery in the same sort of genre and tone. And I think it's in that episode that I really start to unravel my full conspiracy theory about Pizza Cats. <laughs> okay. Now that's gonna so, be that's gonna be a must listen, and I would encourage everybody to check out the Samurai Pizza Cast, which of course, great once again, great name. Uh, almost a little jealous that we I didn't do a show about like I didn't I'm not talking about the movie cats, I'm not talking about the th- theatrical edition of cats i'm not talking about uh uh swat we're not we're not doing the swat cast <laughs> i mean that's probably available if anybody wants to yeah yeah feel free to steal that everybody um but yeah great to have you back on andrew and uh once again we uh although lucas himself isn't here a little bit of local flavor from here in nova scotia you and i uh broadcasting from the same province yes <laughs> i this is the next part of my invasion plan, which is just to replace Lucas. Mm, okay, so yeah, here we go. We're testing the waters. This is a this is a, <laughs> this is a backdoor pilot for uh, what, what we have going on. Awesome. The hostile takeover. Yeah, it, it begins. Uh, yeah, so Lucas will definitely be back because Andrew, 
Well, uh, this this will dovetail very nicely into a regular part of our show because we have some new patrons to thank for their donations. I'm excited to hear about them. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, why don't I just uh, why don't I just read those off really quickly? And of course, uh, thank you to everybody who has uh, become a new patron within the last week. We had a sudden surge. And I'll be talking about why in just a moment. With names like, of course, some classics in here like Aaron DeFilippo and Alex. We've got Caitlin Harrington, Chandler LaFave Bowden, Christine Wong, Sierra S., Dan Mike Dawson Silva, Emily K., Froppy, Ian Collis, Jake Bailey, Joe Sue, John Dulong, John Griswold, the returning patron, Josias Melendez. Welcome back. Kat, Kaylin Krogall, Kevin Noon, and Kristen. Leanne S., Light Relentless, Macy Ball, a new one, Madao Media, thank you very much, Marlo Stanfield, we also have new ones from Matt and Melissa, Melissa, your full thing is, oh, my icon's right in the way, uh, Melissa Avales Milan, uh, Michaela Gibson, Pretty Cool Stairs, Rachel Pearson, Riley Stevens, Shayna Bennett, we have Shelby Eden Dawkins Law, yeah, that's that's going to be fun to read out, Stella Teresa William and William Minnesota, and finally, our very own Andrew Power, thanks, Andrew. Oh, no problem. A sincere thank you, and then also a backhanded thank you, <laughs> because it was you who sent the, Patre- the Patreon a message, and I believe it just said, we'll review Sonic. I think it said, we'll see Sonic, and then I think I accidentally sent it twice you to did. make it sound extra crazy. Yeah, you did. <laughs> so, yes, I in a, in a fit of... You aren't the only one who sent me a message about that. So in in look, never say never say that we don't do anything for you. So tomorrow, the, okay, we're recording this on Thursday the twentieth. Tomorrow the twenty first, Friday, um, I believe I'm going to the three o'clock showing. I'm going to see Sonic the Hedgehog, and the next yeah. week when when Lucas returns, we're doing the special patri- patrons only Sonic the Hedgehog movie review. So thank you to everyone who donated. I will be thinking. I will be thinking of you during the movie, whether it's positive or negative. Uh, we'll have it's to, all good. We'll have to find <laughs> out. And of course, you can hear all of our thoughts on Sonic the Hedgehog coming next week on the patrons only feed, and it only takes a dollar a month over at patreon.com slash Elwood City Limits. So, Andrew, I, I I have a direct line to you. So, as soon as I'm done, like you're gonna you're gonna get you're gonna get get a, both barrels here. <laughs> Look, I've seen the movie. It is a completely watchable film. Okay. Well, hey, you know what? I was pleasantly <laughs> surprised with Detective Pikachu. That was definitely something I wasn't looking forward to. But uh, so I, I remain open to it, I say, as I grip my hands as tightly as they'll grip. <laughs> All right. So, Andrew, while you're here with me, I wanted to get your help here with a couple of emails, if you don't mind, over at ElwoodCityLimits at gmail.com. Not at all. Let's go. So from Kelsey, uh, Kelsey wanted to give their thoughts on Arthur Ways in. Kelsey says, I didn't like this episode very much. It's not one of my favorites. I was a fat kid growing up, and in my teens, while my friends were getting boyfriends in high school, I felt horrible about myself because I didn't have a boyfriend, and guys didn't want to date me because I was fat and looked masculine. This carried on for years, but I've learned to love myself over time. I do have a better diet now, too. I also want to address my personal thoughts on the rat burn scene. I don't think rat Rapper loved himself growing up or even still loves himself. Woohoo, okay. Which is why he felt like he had to change the way he looked. 
Uh, he too, like Arthur, uh, often worries about how people see him and is a people pleaser. I also think Arthur, Arthur should have gone to a different adult who's learned to love their body for the way they are and help Arthur to love himself as well. So, uh, Andrew, we recently talked about an episode of Arthur. I don't know if you've, if you've seen the one Arthur Weighs In. Uh, I haven't seen the episode. I did listen to last week's show, though, so I heard your dis- uh, discussion on it. Well, that's the right answer. Uh, yeah. yeah, so we we talk about that a little bit, and uh, if you want to hear the full discussion of my thoughts on that, then check out the most recent uh, ECL episode. So uh, what when you were uh, listening to, I guess, the details of the episode, what did you make of it? Uh, it was definitely curious, because tr- I was trying to think of like other examples of shows that sort of tackle that. And I think maybe where it really got caught up is that, like, I think there's probably worth in an episode that tackles, you know, healthy eating and exercise. Like, mm-hmm. that's a pretty standard, non, uh, not a big debate on that necessarily. And yeah. then I think there's also sort of, like, body issues, which I think should probably be handled as a separate topic, maybe. Yeah, I think maybe trying to do both of them at once kind of mixes messages in a way. Yeah, and it's a lot for an 11-minute episode of television. Yeah, also, they don't have a lot of time to really get in-depth with stuff, so Mm -hmm. you can only really scratch the surface on a lot of things. Well, who knows? We've got over 10 seasons after this one, so maybe they make a better pass at something like this topic later on, and hopefully we'll be able to get to it. Uh, Next one here is from Blake. My question is, you guys stated in an earlier podcast that Ed Crosswire is Elwood City's Elon Musk. So continuing that trend, what celebrities would the other Arthur characters be? My first thoughts were Arthur is John Legend, of course, and Binky as either John Mulaney or John Cena. What are your thoughts? John Mulaney or John Cena? That's a... That's a wide range for Binky. It's the angel and the devil on all of our shoulders. <laughs> I don't know which is which, but yeah, uh, I think I think it's up to the eye of the beholder, perhaps. Yeah. But, but Binky and John Cena, I think, have a have very much a there's a kindred spirit type of thing there. So celebrity, yeah. celebrities as Arthur characters. Well, you kind of need just just take the base uh, ideas. I'm trying to. Th- I wish I knew. Um, the world of travel vloggers a bit more because I feel like that would be uh, Sue Ellen um, for starters at least um, and then I, I like because I can get to I can get to types and then I'm trying to narrow it down in my head because it's like I feel yeah yeah I feel like Buster is some YouTuber I'm too old to know about <laughs> hopefully not hopefully not ninja ninja making, oh, God, oh, ninja God. making the, the rounds these days i don't know i feel like buster's on the precipice and could one day just be a paul brother like oh, we need no. to save him from, <laughs> we need to save him from that we need to look after my that, boy buster that's his dark future yeah exactly um yeah so it's like prunella is a little like a little a little witchy a little a spiritual that kind of thing and so i'm having a hard time pinpointing exact celebrities i'd like to open Actually, this yeah just just thinking about the episode we're about to talk about i think the tibbles might be the paul brothers yes i think i feel like we've made i feel like we've made that comparison before but it feels really really apt some days depressingly uh, accurate yeah you know um I, I i invite this to our audience as well if you uh, wherever you find this you know whether it's on social media you can feel free to leave a comment or send us an email what celebrities match up with which uh, Arthur characters. I feel like this is a pretty big 
um, a pretty big question. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep this one in mind and hopefully come back to you with a little bit better uh, examples the next time. Our final one here comes from well the uh, well it says the MG Bros, but it's uh, they didn't address themselves as such. So I'll just say from whomever this comes from. Hey guys, I'm trying to catch up to where y'all are now, but for now I'm on episode 40, season 2, which is DW Goes to Washington, Arthur's Mystery Envelope. Something you missed is on the way to Washington, there was a sign that said 100 miles, so I did some research. Elwood City could be in West Meadow, Delaware, or near the Richmond, VA area. There are many more areas that are 100 miles, but those are the most well-known ones. I love this. I love when people find new things in the old episodes that are like, hey, remember that thing that you said was, you know, it like closed forever? No, this just we just busted this wide open. It's so <laughs> great. And it's all it's it's usually related to where Elwood City Elwood City is. Uh, but all of these like long range topics, like we never expected to be talking about the animal hierarchy four years later. But uh, but here we are. I love these types of emails. All right. So thanks, everybody, for your emails. That's ElwoodCityLimits at gmail.com. And Andrew here is going to help us go through this week's episode. So before we get to the tibbles, like you mentioned, uh, we got us a Buster episode. Now, uh, Andrew, for anybody who um, maybe hasn't listened to your debut episode here on the show uh i won't ask you for your history with arthur but i just want a quick update on uh who who you'd say your favorite character is the one the episodes you most look forward to when it's this character in the lead role um yeah i was thinking about that myself i think after watching this one i think buster is probably pretty high up there when i think back on it Excellent. I, anyone who's like a good comic relief character, I'm always keen to see get a whole episode about themselves. Well, that's great. I'm glad. I'm glad that I picked you for this one because it is Buster's green thumb, and we start off with Buster at putting another co- part of his collection into Buster's cabinet of culinary curiosities. This is a uh, this is a running sort of theme in Buster's room where he keeps old food in this like fish tank, and this time he's adding. A bowl of tapioca pudding. It's truly terrifying. <laughs> well, yes. I mean, like, there's there's something very cursed to all this. And it's like, granted, so there's the food that's being left to rot in there, which because Buster can't bear to part with it. And then we get... Uh, oh, uh, we get like a we get like a sausage party moment here when all yeah. the food comes alive. And I'm like, you know what? There's a deep dark part of me that's rejecting this and really doesn't want this to be happening it was a really wild thing to jump into from a cold open yeah really (laughs) just starting the episode and i didn't remember this as a running thing and i certainly didn't remember the talking food so really going hip deep in here this is the first time that they we've ever like anthrop anthropomorphized the food in the cabinet and it's just like we've got the pizza the like we've got a slice of pizza. They all have eyes and mouths and are talking. There's like the the tapioca pudding's kind of like an old woman. There's another. There's a ban- rotting banana that is also uh, female. And yeah, it's just they're talking about what it's like over here and like how long am I going to stay here? And they're like, well, we have no idea. Could be forever. They all seem very desperate and kind of terrified. <laughs> yeah, and like the whole like they're all of their jaded personalities i was like i don't this is this feels like it just added to how wrong it feels like the banana has really full lips 
for, yeah. for a piece of fruit. I don't know. I just, I didn't like this. There's There was a, do- a donut named Duncan who I think was, a, he looked like he was just covered in mold completely. <laughs> and I don't even think he like gets up or talks or anything. It looks like he's just resigned to his fate there. Yeah, and then there's the old uh, the old corn cob called the Colonel. Har har. <laughs> Some uh, decent food jokes in there. I forget the pizza slice. Uh, like said that it was there because it looked like was it Nebraska or something something that sounds like Nebraska. Uh, yeah, like they all like came. I think the banana says that it came from some like specific buffet at a hotel or something. Yes, like, that's right. <laughs> and the, the fact and, that that banana traveled far to get to that tank is extra disturbing. Uh, the great line here from the piece of pizza of I've uh, to the banana, I've had it with you always going on about your potassium. <laughs> and there was, it's funny that this happened. So I was thinking around this time of just like, okay, like when does, when does Buster's mom, Bitsy say enough's enough? Like when do, like when does this get stopped? And then that's the end of the cold open is Bitsy throwing out all the food. <laughs> Thankfully right now. <laughs> Yeah, no. So thankfully, there is a limit to this, and she even says after the cold open, like, uh, if I can smell it, that means that it's gone. That's her rule for it. So she puts uh, Buster has like a two headed carrot that she puts in the compost. Um, I actually, I don't know if this is even still a thing. The uh, the compost bins that are kept in the home. I think it's still, I think there's one under my sink that I probably don't use as much as I should. Well, there's definitely, I mean, I have, we have like green bins over here in Nova Scotia, the little ones, and ours yeah. is, ours we keep in the freezer, but I don't, this seems almost like a little compost, like a, almost like a mulch pile. Yeah, it's a little less formalized than the ones we have here. Mm-hmm. Bitsy is asking Buster to take it over to Mr. Langley and the community garden. And and Buster's like, is that that weird old guy who talks to himself all the time? And Bitsy says, I've known Mr. Langley since I was a kid. And that made me just wonder, has Bitsy lived here her whole life, like in this apartment complex? Huh. At least close enough to the neighborhood that she knows this very specific guy. Yeah, she's always been an El- she's an Elwood City townie, which I guess maybe kind of makes sense if she's a if she's a journalist that's already embedded into the life of Elwood City. Hmm. Explains why she's so successful. Uh, so yeah, Buster does take this over. So this is many times, you know, many times in my life I get the sign of like, boy, Will, you're getting older. You know, sometimes. It's a professional wrestler tweeting that they're younger than me. And this time it was the fact that Buster goes over to the community garden and it's this this old man with uh, with arthritis named Mr. Langley who is tending to it. And I was thinking about it. And I'm like, man, the idea of a community garden is really appealing to me right now. And I'm like, oh, no, that's it. Oh, the, the descent has begun. Uh, I never like I've never cared about gardening in my life, but for some reason, the idea of a communal green space like made me feel a little little stir of something. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm getting old. That's why our generation just says Stardew Valley. So you can just get that out in a safe way. I I wish that I I wish that I could get in more into Stardew Valley than I did. Unfortunately, I only played it for a little bit and it kind of bounced off it. I've bought it once, and I will probably buy it again. I have never actually played it. Interesting. <laughs> I feel I feel like it would actually stress me out. 
<laughs> yeah, you know what? It it does feel a little too close to actual work where I'm like, okay, I need to remember to do this and do this. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I, work pays me to do to remember things. Like, I don't need to do this in my spare time. But yeah. but I do understand why people like it. It's just I don't think it's necessarily for me. I wish it was, though. Um, yeah, so Community Garden sounds real good. Uh, Mr. Langley uh, kind of gets after Buster for putting a bottle cap in the compost because, of course, this is a good a good time for kids to learn that compost is where uh, natural decomposing elements go, and then they can be made into fertilizer for gardens and plants and all that sort of thing. Mr. Langley gives Buster a bunch of tomatoes, a bag of tomatoes to give to Bitsy, and... <sighs> I don't know how to broach this, so I'll just... My note reads, what kind of maniac eats okay. a tomato like an apple? Okay, we're on the same page. We're in a safe space here. Let's oh. let's talk about this. Yeah, I had almost the exact same reaction. Yeah, you know what? I, I don't know what Lucas might have said. It could be he could agree with us, or it could be the complete opposite. I feel like it's got to be one or the other. But yeah, like Buster, on the way home, like just starts snacking on a tomato out of his hand like it's a peach. And I'm like, wait, 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 stop. Like, okay, Buster, Buster's kind of weird about food. So Yeah, I was willing to let Buster go with it. Because he's he, kind of a weird kid. But then he gives it to his mother, and she's eating it like that. And I'm like, no, no, this isn't, no. Like, stop doing that. He <laughs> gives it to wrong. Arthur. He gives it to Arthur on the playground? What would you do? Andrew, if somebody came up to you on the playground and you were a kid, gave you a tomato, you'd probably smack him in the face. I'd do it now, as an adult. <laughs> How dare uh, you? Gives one to Mr. Ratburn, too, and just like, this, this, this was unbelievable this unbelievable i didn't believe it because all through my my entire life and even kind of now like tomatoes are one of the least good tasting vegetables like tomatoes are like don't i like tomatoes and i love tomato products you know tomatoes are good in like a sandwich where you can like mix it with flavors like the flavor of tomato on its own is really not much See, I don't even, like, I'm a famed tomato hater. I, okay. I don't, I'll, you know, I like a sauce, I like a ketchup, that's all sure. fine. Any kind of physical, like, unbroken down tomato I'm not into. So And, the, and I certainly wouldn't blame you. Yeah, and so the idea of people just eating them raw like an apple is so far beyond oh. what I'm willing to accept. <laughs> it's like one time... <laughs> uh one one time for uh a, a video shoot that I did in high school for like a class we were doing a my friends and I were doing a a, a film about a music video about uh Irish gangsters and I had one of my friends like just eat a raw potato like take a bite out of it like an apple and like immediately after we were done he was like like it just I don't like you can do that with fruit but when you get into vegetable territory, I don't know. Hmm. And especially with this, this, I, this scandalized me. So it's I'm nasty. It's nasty. Really... This whole, this entire town is deranged. <laughs> you said it. This is like, I don't know. Like, imagine if this, if this had happened, like, would, would this fit more in Samurai Pizza Cats? Or is this just, would this be buck wild no matter where it went? I feel like it'd still be, I mean, they do some weird food stuff on that show, but that's mm -hmm. still pretty buck wild. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Well, I'm glad that, I'm glad that we agree. I feel I feel much better about that now. Although yeah. maybe maybe I'll have to just like subtly ask Lucas next time of just like how do you feel about like eating tomatoes whole? Like, this is this is, this is a where, test. <laughs> see where he is about this. Um. So of course, what what comes to, what comes along to ruin this 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 bounty of great tomatoes? Capitalism. But, Yes, I got it right here. Damn capitalism ruining it for all of us. Muffy wants to monetize the community gardens tomatoes and make all kinds of products, not just food products, but she's talking about like tomato-based sunscreen and all this kind of stuff. So, she's ready to she's ready to monetize it and Buster's just like, "No, I would just rather give these to people for free," which really is the spirit of a community garden. He even gives it to a dog. Like, like, do dog, do, 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 I know dogs eat pretty much everything you give them. Like, would a dog really eat a tomato? I mean, I it'd at least try it. I don't know if it'd eat the whole thing, though. Yeah, I, I just, it, it, it seems weird to me that a, a dog committing to eating a tomato, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But also weird is what happens with a dog immediately after eating the tomato, <laughs> which is, it, it, which it becomes yeah. somewhat sentient. Yeah, he's he says the the thing is is that when everybody eats a tomato, they say that's the best tomato I've ever had in my life, and then the dog gets a little subtitle of just like it's barking, but it says that's the best tomato I've ever had in my life. And Buster's like, "Yep," and honestly, <laughs> I was still I was still in the aftershock of people just eating raw tomatoes that I think I just kind of let that one slide, but now I'm just like, <laughs> "What happened there?" Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you've spoken. God only knows how much about these weird animal people and the fact that there are regular animals. But this regular dog seems to be sentient enough to, like, translate speech and have an <laughs> opinion about tomatoes. Yeah. I, I, I mean, we I, I just referenced the animal hierarchy there. And, uh, geez, we, this is really breaking my brain here. This, uh, this, is, this is hard to recover from. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you what helps. So Buster goes to bed that night and has a dream. He wants to get more um, tomatoes from the community garden and give them to more people because they're so good, apparently. Um, <laughs> it's a great line here as, you know, Bitsy's very proud of Buster for, you know, spreading this around. And she says, you're such a good boy. And Buster goes, ah, I really am. <laughs> So I had to do a little bit of Googling for this one. In Buster's dream, uh, Brain and Arthur are destitute on the on the street. They're like street urchins with torn clothing, and they're just begging somebody to give them some money for something to eat for some unknown reason. And then who should come along but Buster in a what can only be well, it's a sand, it's like a Santa sleigh with eight tomatoes yes. pulling it. Uh-huh. But then and, also, he's also a superhero. <laughs> yeah. In addition so, to Santa Claus. So his name is Captain Pomodoro, which is the Italian term for tomato, and his dog Ragu, <laughs> <laughs> which is the which is the red dog from earlier that he gave the tomato to. Yeah, the dog has made it into the dream sequence. <laughs> I will also say uh, Brain, when, when they first see Buster as Captain Pomodoro... Uh, brain's like, wait a minute! It look, it's Cat Saver. No, it's Piano Tamer. No, who is that? And that's a shout out to the season two episode where Buster was Buster Baxter Cat Saver. So not bad. They're really reaching back into the archives for that one. Yeah, this show goes deep on some of these like polls from old episodes, huh? 
Yeah, really. Like, it surprises me sometimes. And speaking of surprises me, this getup that Buster's wearing, he's got the green domino mask, and he's dressed like a tomato, including with, like, a frilly scarf for the green stem. And uh, so his mission is to... uh, is to uh, spread tomatoes to everybody and end hunger, and all of his t- all of his uh, tomato reindeer, whatever you want to call them, are named after different ver- varieties of tomato. There's like one of them I remember is called beefsteak. There's uh, I think there might be sun dried. There's cherries. One of them. It's not bad. I d- I just imagine there was there was an afternoon with the writers of just like okay, we need to come up with as many tomato based jokes as we can. <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't know a lot about dream analysis, but there's so much going on in this dream that makes me very curious about a lot of things about Buster. Well, at least you can say that a lot of times they say about dreams that it's just your brain processing the events of the day and then not really making a lot of sense. So this was pretty much Buster's day. He's thinking about tomatoes. Yeah. Morning, noon, and night, and then he runs into a dog, he runs into his friends, and it just it all kind of processed together actually pretty neatly as far as dreams go. I guess it's mostly just the, like, imagining his friends starving to death in some sort of post-apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did say he is a good boy, and he will save his friends from anything, including uh, apocalyptic starvation, I suppose. He's a good guy. I'll give him that. That's true. Uh, so Buster is getting more tomatoes from the garden, and Mr. Langley um, kind of chides him for that because Buster doesn't realize that... It's a community garden, which means that it's supposed to be for everyone, not just for Buster to uh, get for his family and friends, which uh, I, you know, community gardens, I think, are still a thing, but definitely not a, um, um, I guess, a common staple in a lot of kids' lives. So I imagine this is probably a pretty new concept to try and teach. Yeah. Do we still have the, there was like a community garden by the museum in Halifax here. I can't remember if it's still... Up and so, running. So, I mean, the last I checked, but I know that we're we're getting a new, um, uh, like a renovation to the hospital. So I think they might have have to take that away eventually because that green space is going to become part of the hospital. Yeah, yeah. So unfortunately, but hopefully, there's another one close by that I'm just not aware of. Um, Buster is trying to start his own compost, and he's going to try growing his own tomatoes in his uh, in his backyard. He try he's uh, buys a tomato plant calls it tom and plants it and puts a little compost in it and uh <laughs> this he he buys it he it already has like a little tomato on it and this bird just shows up and it's like f your crap and just completely <laughs> hawks it it was great just immediately when it's planted and uh, also, so, also are, are you allowed to plant something in the yard of an apartment building like that like i'm not sure if i could do that <laughs> tremendous question um I, I'm not sure because I, I'm not sure because I've never tried. Uh, this is probably a this is probably if you were going to do this, it would have to be a balcony situation. Yeah, you need like a little box on the hanging off the balcony with some stuff growing in it. And then the bird further further messes up Buster's day. Buster makes like a a scarecrow with like a balloon for a head, and then the bird just comes down, pecks at the balloon, and flies away. <laughs> it's like I don't know how Buster made this one bird enemy. We now know that both dogs and birds can have very strong opinions about tomatoes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so um, Buster takes uh, compost back to Mr. Langley and including his um, his defeated 
uh, I, not dead, but defeated tomato plant that is very sagging. And he says, well, it died. I tried to take care of it and it died. And he's like, oh, no, there's a bit of there's a bit of life left in this yet. So Mr. Mr. Langley, I should say, is like a, he's a, a rat figure. And he's just kind of an, this old man who seems to have a, a way about the community garden. In fact, he named some of his tomato plants as well. So he gets Buster to replant it and he feels confident that they can uh, grow it again. Um, I, I admire his tenacity because that thing looked really dead. Yeah, it's it it's like I I it's almost blackened. Like yeah, I, it's I, like a shriveled mess. Uh, I will also say uh, his name is apparently Fritz Langley, which haha, the filmmaker Fritz Lang. I uh. appreciated the shout out. Um, so Buster runs into Muffy at the community pool, and she's already made the uh, tomato. Uh, sunscreen, which uh, Emily is using to uh, apparently not much effect. I did love the Buster tomato logo. It's just a tomato with Buster's face on it and ears, rabbit ears. Yeah, it's like Buster's head swollen and red. <laughs> it's like, do you remember in the Gushers commercial when their heads would turn, yes. into, would turn into fruit? This is like if you had tomato Gushers. Oh, God. He's about to explode. <laughs> oh, I just, oh, I just disgusted myself. Like, tomato, oh, gu- tomato Gushers. Ketchup and mustard flavored Gushers. Uh, this one's uh, relish. Uh, mayonnaise. <laughs> Oh, They're summer barbecue flavors. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is hilarious. This is like 30 minutes after I saw the fact that McDonald's is coming out with like burger scented candles. Ooh. So there you go. I'm listening. <laughs> Sum, summer barbecue gushers and uh, uh, McDonald's scented candles. So if you, in case you really want to get the meat sweats while you're, uh, <laughs> while you're relaxing this summer. Just a gusher full of coleslaw. <sighs> Okay, we need. I need. I need to stop this. I am stopping this. <laughs> yeah, you. You must. <laughs> um. So yeah, Buster says that he can't get any more tomatoes, and Muffy's like, "But that'll ruin my business." So Buster tries to offer her some bok choy. <laughs> it's just funny seeing Buster with a paper bag, and he's just like, "Well, here, have some bok choy." And it's Muffy's a funny like, thing to offer someone. <laughs> it's like this is perfect, and um, so uh. Buster offers some bok choy to Arthur and then but not for free instead in exchange for I don't know exactly how Buster got this but in exchange for the bok choy he gets Arthur Mr. Ratburn Brain and Muffy to help at the community garden they really want that bok choy I guess I mean hey I would love some bok choy um so they are helping out at the community garden. It's a little bit like Mr. Ratburn's pulling weeds and all this kind of thing. And they make they even make some fresh tomato sauce. <laughs> the sauce. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of it's interesting that that was their pick. I mean, that's probably the easiest thing you could make um, the day of. But it's like, okay, we got some tomato sauce and we're gonna put it on bread. I guess like they they make some garlic bread and like that sounds good, but it's but also they, like they had not... like spaghetti or rice or something too. Oh, okay, like, I, I they put they it, put on, it on something. They put it on something, and I couldn't tell what it was. It's just kind of like a white blob of something. But yeah, yeah, you you would think it would be spaghetti. Anyway, some nice homemade tomato sauce for your pasta sounds really good to me. Oh, I'm getting hungry. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and that's actually uh, strangely, it's kind of the end of the episode. It's just like. We've established the community garden. We've made sauce. Bye. Buster just stuffs some garlic bread into Muffy's mouth to make her stop talking. Which, uh, hey, 
Oh, it's a little strange, and you know what? This is this is a little bit of a strange episode. We're, we'll talk about it a little bit in depth in, in a little bit here, but yeah. Um, but hey, uh, I think we can all agree, no matter how you eat your tomatoes, we all love tomato sauce, unless you're allergic to tomatoes. Yeah. All right, so we're going to take a quick break here, and then we're going to come back with the second part of the episode, and uh, we're going to be going from Buster to, uh, I'm going to say... Um, Probably nobody's favorite character. <laughs> Some significantly less likable characters. Yeah, we'll be right back. Support for Elwood City Limits is really easy. First of all, you can visit us and follow us on social media. You can go to facebook.com slash Elwood City Limits. On Twitter, you can follow us at ECL Podcast. We're also on Tumblr, elwoodcitylimits.tumblr.com. You can also go to our Instagram, Elwood City Limits. Follow us over there, too. You can also contribute to us on a monthly basis over at patreon.com slash Elwood City Limits. We have corresponding rewards for when we hit certain levels of patronage. So please, if you feel like you would like to donate financially to us, you're under no obligation to. But if you want to, patreon.com slash Elwood City Limits. Also, if you want to have a little bit of ECL on your person, go to teespring.com slash store slash Elwood hyphen city hyphen limits hyphen store. Make a little rhyme out of it. (laughs) You can go over there and get a t-shirt, a hoodie, or a tank top with the Elwood City Limits logo on it. And we've got even more designs coming in real soon. So make sure to check back there. Finally, share this podcast with a friend who likes animation, who likes Arthur, or who just likes having fun. Sharing us on social media, sharing us with people you know, and sending in your emails to elwoodcitylimits at gmail.com. All are fantastic ways to support us, and we thank you very much very much now let's get back to the show okay so um you know i i said this before the break yeah i don't i don't know if i've ever met anybody who's like yeah my favorite characters are the tibble twins but i mean there's a certain kind of person i guess there's gotta be somebody right and i imagine it was probably like i love the tibble twins when i was younger because there are a lot of kids like as, as extreme as they can be sometimes, they're definitely rooted in truth, you know? Yeah, I like, as someone that has not watched as much Arthur in my adult life as you may have, mm. uh, I had not seen an episode with the Tibbles in quite some time, and my memory of them did not quite hold up to just quite how horrible they are. <laughs> no, this is this is a little bit one of the more extreme examples in this one. It's called yeah, I, I assume so. <laughs> It's called My Fair Tommy, and so it is a Tibble-centric episode. The whole cold open is just about them being absolutely awful. But we introduced the concept of the Good Behavior of the Week Award at uh, DW's preschool, and every week a student will get a cupcake for uh, uh, demonstrating especially good behavior. And wouldn't you know it, it's DW's week to win it, but the Tibble Twins... uh, uh, Tom, so uh, j- just to just to get it straight, it's Tommy Tibble in the red and Timmy Tibble in the blue. So one of them fires like a Nerf dart from a slingshot, and it has amazing bounce. This thing, and then it's it, got it, some force behind it, <laughs> and it and it takes out DW's cupcake, and uh, that's kind of like we're just establishing them again as these agents of chaos. These little, these little, uh, these little uh, prepubescent. Uh, horrible horrible children my note just says awful children yeah this is definitely i mean look I, this is this this note is later on in my notes here but the this episode of the tibbles excellent birth control 
Like this, this is, you know, there's they're, a lot of, th- they're an ad for it. They're very much so. There's a lot of things when you like, whether you're watching on TV or whether you're just talking to family members, it's just like, you know, oh, you should have kids, especially like uh, Jen and I are married and they're just like, oh, when are you having kids? I'm just like, you know what? As long as there's a risk of bringing a Tommy or a Timmy into this world, <laughs> not right now. Thank you. Oddly enough, watching too much of this children's cartoon has inoculated you. (laughs) So the both of them get in trouble and they have to take uh, the Tibbles, I should say. And uh, they have to take their timeouts at different times because, of course, if left to their own devices, as we've seen throughout several seasons, they will just eventually (laughs) fight with each other. It's basically mutually assured destruction whenever the Tibbles are around. It's like if you leave them to their own devices, they will either fight you or fight each other. Yeah. They need to destroy. They're just... uh, (laughs) They'll work uh, together as long as there's a common enemy, but the minute (laughs) that's gone, they will turn on each other. It's, you know what? I kind of wish that like the it's it seems like a, an alien species that the TNG crew would find on an episode of the <laughs> Next Generation of just like ah oh, this uh, you know the 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 Tibble Force will destroy us, but we can't leave them alone or else they'll destroy each other. So what's the ethical thing to do? They're symbiotic and yet constantly trying to destroy one another. <laughs> yeah, they're like the venom and carnage over here. <laughs> Tommy does his timeout first, and then on. <laughs> As they go to switch, this is unbelievable. Timmy totally wrecks Tommy. They switch. Timmy forcefully switches bandanas, and then Tommy has to do Timmy's timeout as well. Like this, that was stone cold. Timmy is a straight up sociopath. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. This is this is actually something that has been established in the show before. Is that Tommy's kind of the the good one like he's the, he's the least bad of the two timmy is kind of seen as the more mischievous the more troublesome and tommy the the, the message is that tommy can be reformed and that's the episode that's the that's the point of this episode tommy can be reformed timmy is uh timmy cannot we need to talk about timmy <laughs> it's too late for timmy no it really it really is weirdly enough um, maybe he's the older twin and he just got a couple of minutes in this world and learned the hard truths before Tommy could. <laughs> Timmy has to live in the attic and just eat rats. <laughs> I made a pigeon rat. I made a pigeon rat. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, t- uh, Timmy pulls this fast one and then when they go to bed later that night, uh, the, like you said, kind of lending credence to what you said, Timmy, Timmy's like, he doesn't so much own up to what he did. He's like... You know, Tommy's like, why'd you do that? And Timmy's like, well, you're so much better at uh, taking timeouts than I am. I figured you would have no problem. And Tommy's like, okay, wait a minute. Truly brutal. Yeah, really. This is this is this is worrying behavior. You know, it's one thing where it's like, ah, these cartoon these cartoon little kids are chaotic and noisy and they destroy things. This was this this felt to me like the episode where it's like kind of a cry for help. Yeah, like, I think in my memory, I just remembered Timmy and Tommy as more just, like, kind of weird kids, and not, like, as pure evil as they come across in this episode. Well, yeah, and it's just, like, their kind of more sinister ways are always, you know, informed by the fact that it's like, well, they're kids, like, all they just want to do is misbehave, and it's just, like, it's kind of almost a boys will be boys kind of thing, but this is, no, it's like, this is, mm, this might be, like, behavior that you might want to revisit someday. Yeah. Even left to their own beds, like, uh, their, um, uh, Mrs. Tibble walks in on them and they're just, Tommy's like beating Timmy with a stuffed animal. Um, so 
Tommy is kind of getting the idea that maybe, maybe, maybe this whole being bad thing isn't working out for him, especially when he's got such a rotten accomplice. So he goes up to DW in the playground and DW did get a replacement cupcake, thankfully. Um, and he is trying to ask her because he wants, he doesn't want to be bad anymore. He wants to be good. Tommy again gets another really harsh thing here. DW says, you can't be good. You're a Tibble. <laughs> yeah. And then my note here just says, are Tibbles born evil? <laughs> <laughs> Like, is that what we're addressing here? Is, like, is it a genetic thing that they cannot overwrite? The soul of the devil was split into, like, two little children. It's like it's like the omen times two with the Tibbles, <laughs> apparently. But it was just such a, like, it's such a, uh, it's a type of thing a little kid would definitely say because it's so, it's exquisitely harsh. It's but just, it's probably just like, not inaccurate, though, from... <laughs> Well, no, and it's and it's also like, what do you mean? Like, did did they have like it? it and then it brings it a question like, so who are their parents? Like, are their were their parents? Did their parents like rob a convenience store or something? <laughs> like, did they have bodies in the basement? Like, who are the Tibbles <laughs> did, really? Like, did are Timmy they and Tommy murder their parents? Is that on the table? <laughs> <laughs> are they inheriting the murder gene? Like, uh. where's it coming from? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, anyway. Um, Tommy really does want to try and reform, so he's trying to ask uh, DW and Emily, and DW ends up making a bet with Emily, and that's this is where the uh, the name of the episode comes from. That uh, uh, DW now has an incentive to try and make Tommy be uh, not bad anymore, and so Emily will do her kitchen like her her cleanup duties for a month if DW is successful. Because they have this, it's funny they have this like dream sequence where they imagine the Tibbles as like these uh, these valets essentially, and they've got that. I loved the comb over hair that they get when they're nice. The little the little boy comb yeah. over hair. It's like when Homer Simpson gets real fancy and his hair is just do like a little swoop. Yeah, <laughs> and and they're just like oh. Oh, oh no, no! This won't do. We need to give you our jacket because it's so cold out. And they're like, you know, opening the door for them as they as they go into the school, and they're wearing tuxedos. It's this is kind of funny. Uh, but yeah, so their but their focus is on Tommy. Uh, DW's focus is on Tommy. So she takes uh, takes Tommy to her house and is trying to incentivize him into being better, which I thought this was a funny sequence where DW is trying to get Tommy to basically be, you know, be a normal person, essentially, be nice. So yeah, DW is uh, saying, you know, to, to asking Tommy, what would you do if somebody had a toy that you wanted? And Tommy literally takes D the toy in DW's hands, which is presumably one of hers, throws it on the ground and like stomps on it and smashes it. And she's like, okay, we're not doing that. Yeah, his, then, his first reaction isn't even that he wants it. He just wants to destroy it. Yeah, that's incredibly worrying to me. And then, so, DW's thing is she has these, these like, um, these little fruit gummy things. I forget. They're, like, gummy... They're gummy like, slugs. Which slugs, are, that when was When you get it. a close-up on them, they're not very appetizing. <laughs> no, it sounds like a Harry Potter candy more than anything else. Yeah. And and so every time that Timmy thinks he's done, he's deserved a treat. He sits down. He like puts his paws up like a dog and just goes ah and opens his mouth, which I kind of thought was a funny gag. And the DW's like, no, no, no. What do you say when you want somebody's toy? And Tommy goes up to her and says, "Gimme," and does the same thing. Sits down ah. <laughs> so he assumes he's doing it correctly. 
Exactly. And it, it and so they do that a couple times, and then DW's like, no, what you want to say is, that's a nice toy, may I please play with it, or something like that. And Timmy literally can't say the words. Like, his, his brain can't understand being kind. It's like, you ever, you ever see that episode of Metalocalypse where Nathan Explosion's trying to say that he's sorry? I was just about to say Chris Jericho trying to say that he's sorry. <laughs> yes, you know what? Either one works. It's just yeah. like you know, I'm, 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 and Tommy's like, and so DW literally has to manipulate his mouth and teach him how to say, "That's a nice toy. May I please play with it?" And then finally, he gets a treat, and then I think he smashes that third. Yeah, one once too. he gets that one, he does also smash that. <laughs> Um, so that was, that was kind of, that was kind of a funny thing. And it, again, it's like, are they just genetically programmed to be terrible? Like this is, and, and DW even says later, like we have to overcome, he's had four years of being bad that we have to overcome. Like he's literally rewriting his brain. But they were, that implies they came out this way, like from day <laughs> one. From, from the womb, they were just from devil womb. children. <laughs> Timmy wakes up in the morning and realizes that uh, Tommy is at DW's place and goes over there. Um, we have another thing here where DW sets up a puddle and she goes to be like, so what would you do? And she's like, wait a second. Instead, maybe I should stop asking what you would do and just tell you because Tommy's about to like cannonball into the puddle. And she's like, wait, stop. No, this is what you do. I'm not, I'm not asking anymore. Yeah, very admirable pattern recognition on DW where she suddenly realized I am going about this the wrong way and it will end poorly. So Timmy goes over there. By that point, DW has donned a full trainer's outfit. So this is a I love this fit. She's got a she's got like a white hoodie on with a whistle and like blue sweatpants. Like she looked like she was ready to teach Rocky or thing or two. Yeah. So Timmy comes in, barges in, and again, like as soon as they lock eyes and like Timmy dives at Tommy and like upsets a table. It's just like, man, it's on site for these guys. It's like, um, they're like Japanese fighting fish or something. <laughs> one, only one can live. Um, and this is where I wrote the tibbles are excellent birth control. Um, this, okay. I loved this. Th- there is a cut. Then, then, you know, when DW and Emily are talking about how this might not be able to actually happen, there's a cut to the next day and Tommy is with DW at school and he's just eating flowers. <laughs> She, she implies that she had taught him that he's not supposed to do that, but he has already regressed a little bit. <laughs> they just have a bouquet of, like, daisies, and Tommy's just eating them. Where it's like, okay, it's one thing for you to be, like, malicious and unkind and this kind of thing. This is just, what are you? I mean, like, he was begging for those gummy slugs like a dog. Like, he's barely human is what we're at here <laughs> Is be told yeah. not to eat plants. It's insane. Yeah. So and and then he like spits up the flower onto onto Emily's shoe, which is like a which actually kind of looks like a bit of a fried egg. Um, <laughs> and then DW finally gives up on Tommy and walks away. And Tommy's begging her like, please, like he's clawing at her dress, like please, please, uh, don't give up on me. And then DW says, "Leave me alone." And Tommy goes, "I'm sorry." And then everybody's like, oh, like literally, we get the murmur of like, oh, Tommy said sorry. Like the rabble, rabble, rabble. And peas he's and like, carrots, peas and carrots. 
<laughs> and the, and and the uh, and the switch finally flips, and Tommy's able to understand. We get a little little bit of a montage of him being kind, and it finally happened. You just you but, can just uh, put in the Pretty Woman song on in your own head. <laughs> yeah, Tommy goes for the necklace and the thing, and DW snaps it shut, and he's like, "Ooh." <laughs> Uh, so they have like a parents day at DW's kindergarten and all the kids dress up nice and they're supposed to meet everybody's parents. And of course, uh, Tommy shows up, uh, dressed basically like he was in DW's imagination. And Timmy's like, his shirt's already untucked. He's already unkempt. It's just like, this is a lost cause. (laughs) Like he was just living in the dump. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so they go inside and Tommy is acting like <laughs> he brings he brings Miss Morgan and a watermelon instead of an apple because it's watermelon's bigger than an apple, which I would love it if somebody gave me a whole watermelon. Yeah, that's that's not bad. No, not at all. And then T- Timmy immediately throws it on the ground. And and to Tommy's credit, he's like, oh, excuse me, I will clean that up for you. And, uh, yeah, so Tommy is just trying his best to be on his best behavior, serving people punch. There's this old woman who is, uh, the grand, the grandmother, I think, to one of the kids in the preschool. And, um, we've never seen this character before. And Tommy is very nice to her and just, and really trying to put on a good first impression. And she says, you're one of those toggle twins I've heard about. (laughs) They're nefarious people. People have heard. Oh, I, I just, I just like the variant of toggle twin. Toggle um, and then as Tommy is serving her punch, somebody is shocked that that someone put paint on the chalkboard. Which this is a little bit of an old school thing now because I don't think a lot of classrooms have chalkboards anymore. So I'm wondering what the process is like for cleaning like finger paint or like children's paint off of a blackboard. I mean, if if it's fresh, it's probably not too bad, I'd think. But also, it's it's not really clear when this happened, because it's just in the room with them, right? Mm -hmm. And and clearly nobody saw it, so it must have been pretty quick. It's as if everyone was just looking the other way for five minutes. Well, and everybody immediately, like, gets on Tommy for this, and, and Timmy marches out of the bathroom. He's got paint on his hands and all in his his white shirt he like he wipes it in his white shirt which i was like oh no again i'm getting old because it's just like no please your nice clothes and then everybody realizes that it was actually timmy so the episode ends here i i should mention that when dw was trying to incentivize tommy to be good she says that you know if you can be if you can get the good behavior of the week award then you can get a cupcake and uh, he's like, ooh, I like cupcakes as long as they're not vanilla frosting which i was like okay tommy well like listen <laughs> chill out yeah, like, look, I know you're bad, but you don't have to be like, you don't have to be like crappy about it. Like, come on, man. I know you're pure evil, but you can at least tr- be polite. I'm trying to help you over here. And so at the end of the episode, Tommy does get the Good Behavior of the Week award, but he gets a cupcake with vanilla frosting and then proceeds to basically completely regress. He throws a cupcake down on the floor and has a, has like a minor tantrum of like, I wanted chocolate. And just and DW is just like, oh man, what did I even do this for? <laughs> but but there was some effect on it because at the very end, DW and Emily are creating a sandcastle, and it's one of those things where it's like, oh man, you might as well just be going like, let me pick up this pencil on the floor and just like you know, like <laughs> Mrs. Krabappel just like waggling her butt. And I'm just gonna like, I know, angle my I desk. I'm, I'm, I know I'm supposed to do something here. Uh, and the Tibbles come by, and Tommy seems to have learned 
perhaps consent, if nothing else, because he says, that's a lovely sandcastle, DW. May I destroy it? And then DW and Emily just go, yeah, all right, go ahead. And they do. So steps have been made. He's, He's gone from chaotic evil to lawful evil. Sure. Like, that's... That's something, at least. And we have, I'd say, another uh, 14 years to work with before he's a lost cause. <laughs> I th- 14 years max. We, we, we certainly get, we got we to start, we got to start doing something. We need to intervene now, Maybe is what I'm saying. problem. <laughs> oh, God. All right, so now's the time when we rewind the episode and we talk about uh, what we thought about these. So, uh, Andrew, Buster's Green Thumb, how did that strike you? Uh, I thought it was all right. It wasn't the most, you know, uh, there there was a couple really bizarre parts that I kind of enjoyed dumping into the middle of an otherwise just sort of educational episode. This is mostly just sort of teaching us about uh, gardening and all that. But then in the in the middle and at the beginning, we have these really bizarre, like, fantasy sequences. Mm hmm. Well, I found it interesting because it made me realize that there were a lot of kids shows that were made like with an educational purpose that did try to put forth, you know, the 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 joys and the the good reasons behind gardening and, you know, being outside nature and stuff like that. And I feel like that's actually become more important to me as I've gotten older. Mm -hmm. So I did get a little something out of out about this. I was like, you know what, maybe a community garden would be cool someday or maybe just (laughs) having my own garden. Like I said, I kind of had a little bit of a flash forward to myself in maybe 10 years but uh yeah it was it was kind of it was kind of fun this was a a pretty um harmless episode all things considered especially from the last episode when we were talking about oh you know arthur dealing with these themes that it's not really ready to address it's just like okay we're just talking about a garden and tomatoes and ways to eat to eat them or not to eat them and uh yeah it's just kind of it's a very light episode and uh, it, but it definitely didn't give me anything shortage, uh, any shortage of things to talk about from just the way, you know, we went on about everything. So it, yeah. I, th- I thought it was pretty fun. Um, you know, not one of the, not one of the best or anything like that, but still, n- n- not too bad. A, n- a nice little light episode. Um, I probably wouldn't recommend my fair Tommy when you're in when you're trying to reduce stress. <laughs> um, that's definitely like, I don't know. I, I I did I liked the episode I think it was a funny idea it's just a little too bad that at the end we kind of have to go back you know it's like a Simpsons episode we have to kind of retain the status quo by the end yeah so this isn't going to lead to any lasting change and I feel like it took a long time to get to Tommy being reformed essentially <laughs> but it was kind of funny getting there there were a lot of very funny lines that I appreciated and funny sight gags too so this was. Uh, I could have maybe used a bit more of DW sass. That's what I come to these DW episodes for, sure, looking yeah. for. But I, I, I kind of liked it. I, I, I appreciated how funny it was. And although, like, there, there were times watching the episode where I was just like, it's like, it's like, it's like Homer thinking about Urkel, just like that little punk. I'd like to smack that kid. <laughs> but uh, you know, because the Tibbles, like, they get on your nerves. They're just like, yeah, they're four years old, but like, also just want to. Shut up, just shut up just stop doing this They're truly but awful but they but they don't get away completely scot-free and it is nice to know that at least with one of them there's a little bit of a soul behind there so yeah i thought i thought that i thought that was all right yeah i think i think it was actually pretty funny and there is a part of me that like uh as someone that works on a lot of kid shows and i've worked on a lot of preschool shows 
I do appreciate Arthur having the ability to, like, go a lot further with these sorts of things than most shows seem to. Like, they let the Tibbles be genuinely really terrible, as opposed to a lot of shows which would have a much, like, they would not push it that far, but try and get the same lessons out of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I've worked on shows where someone higher up the chain basically said, like, uh, we don't want any characters to frown anymore, because everyone should just be happy all the time. Really? Oh, yeah. And the show having the ability to, like, let them go to those places is something I do kind of appreciate. Yeah, you know what? Maybe I'll have to keep that in mind going forward, because that that is true. We do get to see the emotional gamut from Arthur characters, even in just an episode like this, like... That's maybe maybe sometimes like I better count my blessings for how this show kind of handles its topics. Yeah, there there's so many shows that would just treat it so much softer than a lot of Arthur things. Like characters in Arthur are allowed to be sad or angry or mm-hmm. kind of terrible in different ways that you don't get in a lot of shows for that age range. Yeah, that you're absolutely right. Okay, so we managed to get through Tomato Gate and uh and the Tibbles. So uh, I think we can get through anything at this point. Um, <laughs> We're stronger and, now. And, yes, we are, and we've we've grown we've grown as people, and we've grown as friends. Uh, <laughs> Andrew, now's the time before we say goodbye. Uh, please let everybody know uh, where they can find you, and uh, give us a little bit of a rundown of the Samurai Pizza Cast. Sure, you can find me every Wednesday. We upload an episode of the Samurai Pizza Cast, where we're going episode by episode through every episode of Samurai Pizza Cats. And also taking some diversions here and there to talk about the culture around it, what it influenced, what influenced it, and what what place it might have in greater popular culture, if any. Uh, so you can find that on iTunes, on Spotify, wherever you find podcasts, or you can go to our website, crunchyroll.fun. That's <laughs> C-R-O-N-C-H-Y roll.fun, which is our very stupid website. That technically does have all of the information you'd be looking for, <laughs> and you just—you guys just came out with uh, new shirts as as well. Uh, yep, Miriam is our uh, merch master on the show, and after a really dumb conversation where I told her a dumb idea for a shirt I had, she just went and put that on the internet. So you can now buy the uh, first official Samurai Pizza Cast shirt, which is one of those black shirts with the white text and four names on them. Except this one has the name of the Pizza Cats, so it's better than all of the other ones like that. I th- I think that one could actually that one has some serious crossover appeal. Like I think that uh, I think that's a really good place to start off with. Yeah. All right, and uh, you guys, you when do you guys normally uh, post episodes? Uh, Middle of the week. Yeah, every Wednesday. Every Wednesday, so make sure to check that out. I'm gonna I'm really excited for you guys to talk about Animaniacs, and uh, yeah, that's yeah, the next one. I, yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be great. Okay, and speaking of next one, so uh, here's what the Elwood City Limits schedule is going to look like in the next little bit. Uh, next week, of course, on Patreon, as we're doing every two weeks, we have a Patreon exclusive episode. It's going to be me and Lucas reviewing Sonic the Hedgehog 2019. Yeah. So I'm getting ready to go tomorrow. And you'll hear all about that over there. Now, in two weeks, we'll be back with another episode of ECL. And we'll be talking about the episodes Lights, Camera, Opera, and All Worked Up. So we'll have to see exactly what that entails. Andrew, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, I really uh, appreciate you being here and offering your insights. It's always good to kind of uh, pop in with people who aren't necessarily regular Arthur viewers and see how this strikes them. And especially <laughs> Check when it's in with like, the normies. 
yeah. but but you know, between you and I, it's like we've uh, like there's the we've got an Arthur podcast, we've got a Samurai Pizza Cats podcast, and you you're kind of wondering like where your show kind of fits into where it was at the time and where it is now. I feel like we've definitely have a lot of room in the podcast landscape to be talking about more cartoons. There are podcasts that do that on kind of a general scale, but I'm all for shows that are taking a deep dive. I mean, I pretty much have to be by occupation. But shows <laughs> that take a deep dive into uh, the greater context of individual cartoons. So I really hope that you guys keep going with the Samurai Pizza pizza Cats. May I ask, how long is the show? Uh, I mean, it, it's... The the Japanese version of the show, I think, is 54 episodes. Okay. So this is a limited-run podcast. We will run out of things to talk about before too All long. Right. Well, I'll be interested to know where you go once you're done, because you guys have been really cranking out the episodes, but maybe maybe you're not looking at that part just yet. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure that out when we get there. All right. Well, that's Andrew Power from the Samurai Pizza Cast. Check it out, everybody. It's Elwood City Limits approved. And uh, that's Elwood City Limits for this week. Thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate you being here. And and for Lucas Mancini, my name's Will Young. And for Andrew Power. Enjoy Sonic. I will certainly try. Have a good week, everybody. Bye.